welcome to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Rinder, your host, and it's another fun Monday morning and just a lot of uh, a lot of things again. I mean, just every week is a, a new gift to anyone who is doing a podcast or a radio program because there's never a shortage of something to talk about. So I'm going to start out with a fun story because this is the story that keeps on giving. The Democrats from Texas that hopped on the private charter uh, flight with their cheap beer and their no mask and just all celebrating as they flew off to D.C. to get away from performing their duties as elected officials there. And uh, they thought they were going to fly into D.C. to this warm welcome and be able to have a chat with President Biden and and be patted on the back for their uh, bravery of of escaping the great state of Texas and uh, being such incredible warriors in this uh, in this battle of of. combating the uh in their their terminology you know the fascists out there those that want to protect women's sports and those that want to protect children from uh transgender uh procedures those that want to protect the integrity of our elections and uh so they get to dc and and then a few of them break down with coronavirus and then a few more breakdown with coronavirus. And these are all supposedly vaccinated individuals. So I'm going to have to question that one. And uh, so last last number it was up to is like six or seven. And then they decided they were no longer going to report. So we don't know the final total of coronavirus uh, victims, if you will. And uh, so now I'm picturing, you know, they're all now they're all having to quarantine or I assume they're quarantined. So here they made their little jet to D, uh, jot to D.C. and they were going to have this little fun party together. Now they're uh, quarantined in a hotel somewhere drinking their cheap beer. And uh, and now President Biden doesn't want anything to do with them. And they're upset. You know, why won't President Biden meet with us heroes that flew here from Texas Uh, to avoid this. And so there's some Democrats in Dallas that uh, wanted to do their part and wanted to raise awareness and send care packages to these great, these 56 state representatives that fleed the state of Texas. And uh, anyway, so now they're being mocked (laughs) for wanting to do these care packages to these, uh, legislators. So it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So the Dallas Democrats put out a post. It says, our Dems in D.C. said they'd appreciate care packages from home. Before 5 p.m. Tuesday, we're collecting Dr. Pepper, salsa, hard candy, and hairspray, travel toiletries, hand sanitizers, sewing kits, first aid. You'd think, you know, you know, there was some homeless population out on the street. You know, they need hairspray and they need hand sanitizer and sewing kits. Well, they need sewing kits for that's really bizarre one and money to pay for shipping hmm thank you so anyway the reaction was uh too much so let's start with number one no miller light question mark said ted cruz (laughs) and uh sewing kits first aid they're in hotels in dc So I mean, it's like, don't they have sewing kits and first aid in these hotels? Um, thought Robert Francis uh, Beto uh, Award was taking care of their needs, not to mention the Texas taxpayers paying them two hundred twenty-one dollars per diem. Um, 
<clears throat> observed. That's Alan West, who's running for Texas governor. Uh, oh, Alan West is running for Texas governor, too. What's up with all these people running for Texas governor against Governor Abbott? I don't get that because I think Governor Abbott's been pretty good. So then it goes on. The Democrats who have been in Texas are asking for care packages, donations. They're all grown adults in Washington, D.C., refusing to do their taxpayer-funded jobs, and they are surrounded by plenty of stores where they can buy whatever they want. Pathetic. Uh, they could go purchase any of these items at the CVS, conveniently located on literally any block. These utter morons have been gone literally for only days and want a care package mailed from Texas for a photo op with stuff that they could buy at a local CVS, salsa, and first aid. Um Still others responded to the outrageous request by pointing people to better places to donate their money. Here's a link at Feeding America where you can support a worthwhile charity helping Americans in need instead of throwing money at a private jet flying COVID infectious morons. Uh, You know who, who could use all of that? The D.C. Food Bank. Their hotels are in our nation's capital. If you're moved to help those in true need and want a worthy cause, consider donating to the Samaritan's Purse. Uh, Anyway, the list goes on. So anyway, this is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. You know, they started out with that beautiful picture of them all celebrating maskless on their private little chartered plane with their cheap beer. And uh, it just, again, it's, and I can't wait for, you know, when they fly back, are they going to get the private jet when they fly back? Uh, but nonetheless, as Governor Abbott is waiting there with the sheriff's department to arrest them, um, it's going to be a great day. And so then I thought, why, why did so many of these Democrats that took this charter flight get coronavirus? And so we have to look down the breakdown. How many of the people, these 56 Democrats, were Hispanic or black? And the reason I'm pointing that out is because everybody wants you to believe that the anti-vaxxers are all these Trump-supporting, crazy anti-vaxxers out there who don't want to take the coronavirus shot, the jab, and uh, but that's not the reality. The reality is the majority of the people who are not taking the vaccine are Hispanic and black population. So now they have all these different criteria that's being set up about the privileges for the vaxxed and the privileges for the unvaxxed. So I'm starting to think this looks a little racist if they do this, because they know that the majority of those that aren't vaxxed per population are minority populations. And yet they're putting up no vax, no service signs. Uh, They're demanding that you show identification that you're vaxxed. How can they do that? I thought we didn't have that showing identification was racist. So we're expecting Latino and black Americans to show identification, showing that they're vaccinated because you have to have identification when you get the vaccine. You have to show who you are and uh, or they can't give you a vax card identifying that you're the one that got the vaccination. So I am totally confused on this. But for six, we know the last number was six and we were never told the breakdown of who the six were. 
So I'm just curious, out of the six people that we know did get coronavirus, out of these 56, were they members of the Latino and black um, population? Because this is a discussion that we need to have, because as they're coming up with these, and I I believe the other day it was a football player, and uh, I can't think of his name, but I know he's a really popular one. I'm not um, totally into football, but... uh, He's one that was refusing to get the vaccination. So as we start seeing these different athletes and uh, and others who are turning down the vaccination publicly, but the majority of the population, as percentage of the, each of the uh, demographics, it's a much higher percentage of black Americans who are not vaccinated, much higher percentage of Latino Americans who aren't vaccinated. And we are not discussing this. And, uh, and so in, I mentioned this briefly last week because on the mayor of Salt Lake's um, oh, resolution or on <clears throat> racism and health care, one of the things that, uh, and again, all the things or topics that, yes, we should be addressing here in Utah because there are points of interest that we should take into consideration that 15% of our population is Latino, and yet 40% of our cases are from the Latino population of COVID. So there's definitely a problem there. So we, we need to look at as to why there's a problem there and, and fix it. But it has nothing to do with racism. So this is one that the Democrats are not wanting to talk about. Uh, why uh, why are Latinos rep- overrepresenting their population in coronavirus? What is it that is causing that, and and how can we address that? A part of it is they don't want to get the vaccination. Same with Black Americans, and there are good reasons Black Americans don't want to get the vaccination, and they're the same good reason that a lot of uh, Americans don't want to get the vaccination now. Now I'm vaccinated, so I'm not one of these anti-vaxxers and I wasn't against the coronavirus vaccine, but I am going to stand up for medical freedom for anyone who's choosing not to get vaccinated. And uh, so when we get back on the path towards Utah, we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, the vax versus the unvax, get the jab, what freedoms you lose if you don't. And uh, in the long run here in in the United States of America, is this going to end up being racist policies as we establish these policies against the unvaxxed. So we'll be back on the Path for Utah in just a minute. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Rinder, your host. I want to talk about the worldwide rally for peace. And perhaps it's because the people in France and some of these European countries have really been deprived of freedom. I shouldn't say the worldwide rally of peace. That's not what it was about. It was about freedom. <laughs> and uh, and these people have been deprived of some freedom for some time. And uh, and they I think they've had it. And so anyway, 160,000 people hit the streets of Paris Uh Upset about their freedoms being lost, upset about 
the forced vaccinations and passports and and everything else being pushed on them. Now, again, I'm not approaching this as a anti-vaxxer because I'm not. I'm approaching this as a medical freedom person. My husband and I have major debates over this, mainly because I think he's a little butthurt that our crews may get canceled and he's going to be upset about it if our cruise gets canceled this year. And I don't blame him because it will have been two years since we've taken a cruise if our cruise gets canceled. And so I understand his frustration um, and understand the frustration that if they start shutting down the economies, making us wear masks everywhere again, I don't want that. But I'm sitting here thinking, you know, if those of us who've been vaccinated and uh, have you know, especially, you know, if you've got the Johnson Johnson, you're somewhat screwed because your percentage chance is only like 68% uh, effective rate, where those of us who got the Moderna were like a, you know, 90%. But uh, even if you do get uh, a different variant of it, the odds of it to being as severe are quite diminished. And so, I look at it on the odds. If you're around an unvaccinated person that happens to have coronavirus and you do get sick, your odds are are quite slim if you're vaccinated. And if you do get it, the odds of getting really sick are slim. So I just don't understand the total people that are upset about the non-vaccinated people. Uh, Granted, our hospitals are filling up. And so I'll take that as, again, you know, that uh, that is a serious issue. But if our healthcare workers are vaccinated, those who choose to be, um, then again, they're predominantly, you know, protected. Um, and it's just a risk people are willing to take. There's a guy in California that was, you know, last week or two weeks ago was kind of mocking the vaccine, didn't get vaccinated, and he's passed away. And it's kind of, it, it's a sad situation. Uh, things do happen. But uh, we have our freedoms and there's some downsides, you know, that people feel on the vaccination. So one of my podcasters that I follow, and so I'm just going to encourage you to follow this guy because I think he's really good. Um, You're not going to find him overly exciting to listen to. (laughs) So I'm not, you may or may not want to follow him, but I follow him because he's somebody that I see who stood for freedom. One of the very first freedom people who stood up against the cancel culture mob. And that is Brett Weinstein. And uh, he has a podcast. uh, What is it called? The Dark Horse something. But uh, anyway, look up Brett Weinstein, W-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N. And he was the professor at at Evergreen College in uh, Washington. And it was this really liberal college. And he was a pretty liberal professor of biology. And they were ones that had enacted critical race theory in serious measures and had been for a number of years. And in 2017, they took it one step further. So they used to have a day in which no blacks would come on campus days. So their lack of presence would be felt, but then they decided to turn the tables instead of having a no um, black on campus day. And so their presence would be missed. They decided to have a no whites on campus day. Uh, So again, by, people voluntarily removing themselves from campus to forced uh, removal from campus. Um, 
of white people. And so Brett Weinstein stood up and said, no, this is crazy. This is taking a step too far, even for this very, very liberal Bernie supporting um, biology professor. And you would have thought that uh, he put on a, a KKK robe and, uh, and was coming out with him a pitchfork because he then became a white supremacist that had to be taken down. People attacked the university. And this made very little national news. But if you look up Evergreen College, try to find some videos and YouTube scrubbed them. Uh, but there's got to be some out there. Look at DuckDuckGo. But, uh, I mean, the students took over the campus for days. The uh, campus, the president of the uh, college virtually did nothing to protect these teachers. There was a few teachers taken hostage. This man's life was in jeopardy. At the end of the day, this man and his wife had tenure at this college. They lost their university uh, professorships. And... uh, and he has since been doing a podcast. He's been on Jordan Peterson a few times, and and uh, he does his own podcast. So, so I'm saying this: this guy is a biologist, not a conservative one. However, he is a he is a hero in the sense that I feel like he is one of the very first people who really stood up the liberals versus the left. This little cat fight that we're going to be seeing more and more as we move forward. Uh, is the liberals are going to have to start taking on the left because this is where the fight is going to start being. But uh, so Brett Weinstein has these two other um, professors in in engineering, friends of his on that are also not conservative. One of them has some good connections up in the White House. And uh, one of them wrote a, a paper on the reproductive toxicity of vaccines of the coronavirus vaccine. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, I'd encourage you to listen to it because I think it's very well thought out. They're not saying that it's definitive, that they're research, but what they are saying is that they're shut out of public discussion and they're not allowed to even articulate um, their discussion. Of course, Facebook that I, I have it shared on there, of course, has not covered up and says it's false information, but it's not necessarily false information. Uh, it's based on scientific study. It's based on research that they've done. And uh, in the coronavirus itself, they talk about the lack of uh, studies, long-term studies and impact um, of the coronavirus and possibilities out there. But their bigger point, well, I guess the biggest point was, yes, if I had to do it all over again, I would not have had my kids vaccinated. And, uh, and the other point was, is the complete shutout of discussion of um, of giving people all the information out there to make a decision for themselves. So, again, I, I don't know what the answer is, uh, but I do know that at this time in which, you know, we're kind of in this crisis mode, that people need to be able to make the best decisions for themselves and their families and I understand that, you know, there's an element of risk for other people. But if people are vaccinated, the risk is somewhat minimal. Uh, if you're around an unvaccinated person, eventually, hopefully, we're all going to get some herd immunity going on here. Uh, the hospitals are starting to fill up again. But, you know, start, you know, I, I still to date have not heard the government talking about getting sunshine, taking zinc, taking vitamin D, and uh, 
doing those things that are um, that are proactive and that would help, you know, build your immune system. I mean, there's been none of that discussion out there. And so anyway, we just need a lot more freedom to discuss different alternatives and it's just being shut down. So the freedom of discussion, I think that's what uh, makes a lot of people leery of uh, just taking the jab because they don't feel that there's that freedom of discussion. And again, as I mentioned in the minority populations, what happened to black Americans in our country, definitely, I can definitely empathize and understand why they are very reluctant on getting a vaccination at this time. So these things need to be discussed. People need medical freedom and they certainly don't need a two different worlds, one for the vaccinated, one for the unvaccinated that's dividing our country. So we'll be back on the Path for Utah, and we're going to take up a few other topics on the freedom rallies that are going on and what that means in these countries and what we in America are going to do to regain the freedoms that uh, and make sure we don't lose additional freedoms in our country. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Rinder, your host, and I'm uh, just going to talk a little bit more about these freedom rallies. I have a friend of mine, Carolina, and uh, she hosted the freedom rally in Houston, and she has coordinated with people all over the world on these freedom rallies. And, um, and of course, July 24th here in the state of Utah is our Pioneer Day, so we're already having some Pioneer Day celebrations, but it's a little bit different than these freedom rallies. Um, so in France, as I mentioned, there's 160,000, uh, people on the streets of Paris and Australia. I mean, all over Europe, there's these large freedom rallies and, uh, they're just, you know, to me, it's just, uh, kind of a sign, you know, you know, there's some Trump 2024 flags out on the streets. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, they're shouting USA, USA. I mean, we're really the last hope of freedom. And if we succumb to the craziness of it all, there will be no beacon on the hill for people to look up for for freedom. You know, France has been one of those historical places, you know, for people to look up to freedom as well as far as in Europe. Not recently, but uh, overall. So, again, I'd love to see the people of France out Uh demanding their freedom and uh but then you saw the arrests that took place in australia and other places and it was quite brutal and uh and i'm just sitting here thinking you know of these riots that took place all summer long and we saw no arrest or very few and those that we did see ended up getting out and there was no prosecutions george soros had a long-term strategy and placed the right district attorneys into these key cities that they knew that they were going to allow burn. Uh, I mean, and we are just going about doing our daily lives, trying to raise a family and, and earn a living. And somehow we miss the boat on these people who have this corrupt long-term strategies, but uh, hopefully, I mean, we can, you know, become our own version of woke and not allow that type of sleeping to take place again and realize that there are corrupt people out there that are laying in uh, traps out there 
uh, for this type of corruption. So uh, these cities were allowed to burn over the summer. Buildings were allowed to be destroyed. Businesses were destroyed. Police precincts were destroyed. Uh, and over $2 billion worth of damage was done. Hundreds of lives were lost. Uh, thousands of cops were injured and nothing. No accountability. And yet... Um, there seems to be all this interest from Nancy Pelosi and the gang to hold the people accountable for what they consider an insurrection on January 6th. People with no guns who, yes, some of them, and how be it, I, I think a lot of them were inspired and agitated on. I Originally, I thought it was Antifa. I still believe it is Antifa, though I think that there was definitely coordinated efforts with the FBI and Nancy Pelosi and the city of D.C. on not ensuring additional security for our nation's capital because they knew that FBI plants were inside uh, and going to antagonize and spur on some people to act in this crowd mentality in ways that they normally would not act. And we saw a witness of that uh, uh, over the weekend. A video came out with one of the FBI uh, people that were plants in there uh, encouraging people uh, to go into the Capitol and, and the people around him were like, what? <laughs> and uh, so we now know that there's definitely one FBI agent that uh, is on video trying to encourage people to do that. But uh, there's definitely some people that in that crowd mentality state uh, did things that they should be held accountable of, but it was not an insurrection. And all this effort is going to this January 6th commission and uh, in zero towards all this Antifa, the burning down of businesses, the burning down of uh, government buildings and the real insurrectionist type activities. But let's take it one step further. The, the Democrats uh, want all this exposure on January 6th, but don't want any exposure on the possibility of the origins of the coronavirus, uh, uh, coronavirus origins. And so just the hypocrisies out there uh, are so blatant um, that it is... Uh, that it's really hard to, <laughs> if for any reasonable-minded person, uh, to understand uh, how people can and look at that and and uh, and give any credibility to this January sixth commission that Nancy Pelosi is putting on. When you put it in perspective, to the fact that they won't give any information and or open up the books and show anything that they have on the Wuhan lab won't pursue the Wuhan lab for the origins of the coronavirus and won't pursue any of the massive chaos that took place on the streets of our uh, cities that burned down over the summers or over this past year. So anyway, perspective is everything. And, uh, and on perspective of the January 6th, even though I don't support what happened, uh, when you put it in perspective, it is, um, this is a joke that Nancy Pelosi is doing. But I want to go get on to a story that I saw uh, this morning that... Uh, I just found really 
interesting. <laughs> it's Zuckerberg at his finest. And oh my gosh, if we allow this to happen, my fellow Christians, my fellow religious people, uh, whoever out there is listening, please spread this word that Zuckerberg wants to now capitalize on religion. Mark Zuckerberg wants churchgoers to connect to God on Facebook. I mean, it's like the devil himself wants us to take our religious worship on his platform. And uh, so because we were all locked out of our churches for so long over this past year that we were watching them on Zoom, we were watching them online. So Mark Zuckerberg came up with this brilliant idea. Why not keep watching them online? Don't go back to church. We'll keep it going and we'll make it available on Facebook. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg believes that coronavirus pandi- pandemic has created a new opportunity for Facebook growth. His plan involves incentivizing churchgoers who have become familiar with virtual services over the past year due to lockdowns to permanently move the religious worship online. Hmm. Could this have been a premeditated thought process of the elite? Let's get people stopped from going to church let's get people to change their behaviors uh, temporarily and then we'll lock it lock it into a permanent change and uh, let's do not let mark zuckerberg uh, become a richer man off of the worship of in our religious affiliation um, so anyway talk to your family talk to your friends uh, talk to your coworkers. Let's not fall prey to Mark Zuckerberg's new marketing strategy of not only earning money off of preying upon our desire to have a connection with God, but to keep us out of our churches where that is where the fellowship takes place. That's where the friendships are built. That is where the community services are connected, where people feel a community where needs are found out, uh, what needs that people in that community have. Um, That is, I mean, yes, we can listen to the Word of God online, which I have, and I'm guilty because I kind of took a hey out of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I kind of took a break because my my congregation was making me wear a mask this past year, so I stopped going, and then... um, that I just haven't jumped back in. So I'm going to be totally up front that I've, I, I continue to listen to different podcasts, different things online for my spiritual growth. And, uh, but that connection is important. And so when I read this article, it just made me sick. And I thought, you know, I've got to start going back to church and, um, you can, you can get spiritual upliftment and knowledge, on your own or through a video perhaps or through Facebook, but you cannot get that community connection. And that community connection is important to the individual. It's important to the community and do not let Facebook and these other tech giants manipulate us out of our churches. And uh, so, you know, and if you're going to watch something on a church, just don't do it on Facebook. I mean, go to a podcast, go to something. I mean, we got to find something else. We just can't contribute to the additional success and money uh, opportunities of Mark Zuckerberg. So find another alt- alternative. If you're going to watch a church uh, services online, 
don't do it through Facebook. Find something else to watch it through. So anyway, we'll be back on the Path Forward Utah in just a minute and uh, talk about some things going on in the great state of Utah and how we can make a difference. Um, just going to talk about, you know, where people's optimism on is, where the country's going. And it is down 20, 20 points from just in May. That's a big, you know, big dive. And what's causing people's lack of optimism in our country? I think one of it, one, one thing I loved about President Trump it was his optimism. He had a growth mindset and it didn't, he didn't feel that one person's success prohibited another person's success, that we could all be successful. And matter of fact, it, it kind of depended on, you know, that as one person succeeded, uplifts another person. And he definitely had a success and a growth mentality. Um, so I think sometimes, it, you know, it's just the messaging that you hear, you know, that you're going to get, we're going to win so much you'll be sick of winning. And, uh, boy, I'd love to be sick of winning right now. Um, but, uh, you know, Biden talks about the dark, dark gray winter ahead. And, and so language makes a big difference. We need to be careful in the language that we're using. And, and um I know, and here I'm giving a podcast about some doom and gloom. But uh, anyway, but in our daily lives, we, we've got to be careful on the language we're using because it does make a big difference. And uh, so I think that's part of it. And two, uh, it's more than language, obviously. Uh, what's going on um, really impacts us. I mean, are we merely lab rats? that are going to be kind of forced through the maze and the little cheese at the end, you know, that we're going to eventually get trained to, to go get our little treat. Um, or do we have a greater thinking skills than that? I don't know. So Piers Morgan, back to the vaccination thing. Uh, anti-vaxxers lunatics must be stopped from destroying everyone else's freedom. So I find that funny. Depriving one group of people from their freedom somehow saves another group of people from their freedoms. And and I get this because my husband has some of the same thinking here that people not getting vaccinated and then we're going to have shutdowns and we're going to have this, we're going to have that. But no, I don't think we ought to have shutdowns. I think we ought to just move forward and uh, and come what may and love it. And, uh, and it's going to be hard and we'll get through it. Um, but it, we shouldn't give up our freedoms. And we shouldn't force other people to give up their freedoms um, on on making a decision on getting a, a vaccination that we don't have that much research out on. We don't know the long term effects of it. Again, I'm saying this as someone who is vaccinated. Um, I see the benefits of it, but I can also understand other people's hesitancy on it and this ideal that we're going to divide our nation and have different services, have people wear the little star on their forehead or different wristband based on whether they're vaxxed or not vaxxed. 
uh, is a scary direction for us to go in. I think we've just got to, we've just got to force, you know, get through this and, uh, people make the decision if they're not getting vaxxed, they're taking definitely greater chance. And yes, they do put vaccinated people at a, a percentage chance of risk on getting effect, infected, but it, it is a small chance, a smaller chance of risk and the odds of getting very sick are lessened. And so I think we're just got to respect people's freedom and march forward and, and just continue to live life. And, um, and make sure we hold on to our freedoms. And so I, I look at these people in, in France and in Australia that are out there on the streets um, marching for their freedom. And I hope that we here in America are willing to do the same and that we are willing to go out and fight for our freedom and and not allow another lockdown to take place. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's it's going to always going to have positive results. There's going to be some definite negative results, but we can't allow another lockdown and we can't allow our nation to be divided on the vaxxed versus the unvaxxed. And uh, we can't take away somebody's freedom and force vaccinations that we don't understand the long-term effects on uh, and say that, you know, we have to take away this person's freedom on this area that we don't have the long-term um, information on in order to protect other people's freedoms. I mean, it, it's these aren't easy decisions. Um, so my feeling is, is we just march forward and we do the best we can do, treat people the best we can treat them and be kind and, and be loving and try to have the best connections we can have with our family and our friends and uh, our employees and our employers, our coworkers. And, uh, and we just make it through this and, uh, and stop the dividing people on different lines. So just a little note here in the state of Utah or in something that we're involved in, we're having an event for any of you listening here in the Utah area, northern Utah area, on the 5th of August uh, on 2210 Washington Boulevard, I believe is the address. We're having an event with uh, Senator, our state Senator John Johnson will be the speaker. He'll be talking about his bill that he's proposing on CRT to ban the teaching of CRT. Uh, in our schools. It's critical race theory. And he's also going to be talking, and this is a log cabin uh, Republican event. This is for, uh, this is an event hosted by gay conservatives. It's also hosted by the Path for Utah. And uh, talking about how we can help elevate the voice of gay conservatives in our party, especially to fight some of the issues that we're fighting against some of the radical LGBT issues, protecting female sports, and also protecting young children from transgendering procedures and uh, cross-gendering hormones. And um, so anyway, that is August 5th. If you're in the area, please join us. Uh, it will be posted on Facebook and other places, but uh, it's at 7 p.m. August 5th here in Ogden, Utah. Uh, Senator John Johnson will be our speaker and we're going to have pizza. We're going to have a little fun and it should be a, a fun night. So please join us for that event. Working on trying to bring people together. Uh, there's multiple different things, that, again, that you can do to get involved. Find an area that you can be passionate about. 
uh, find an area of government, whether it's the school school board, whether it's your city council, whether it's the, uh, your county commissioners, state board of education, um, whether it's your state legislatures, whether it is uh, your congressman and what your congressman's doing, your senator, um, find an area that you can specialize in or or kind of keep your eye on several areas. But uh, everyone can do their part in not just voting, but making sure our elected leaders are being held accountable, making sure they know we're watching and that we're part of this process and that we value our uh, our republic and our freedom to have uh, elections. And also, that's another area you can watch, too, is our elections offices, making sure that uh, we understand how they're working, what their processes are, how often our voter rolls are being cleaned out. Um, there's a lot of different things. Become a specialist in it. And, you know, who knows? Before you know it, you may be wanting to run for that office. Um, but make sure that we are all doing our part. And again, everybody says, well, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. But we all spend too much time on Facebook. We all spend too much time watching Netflix series. We all spend too much time just sitting and vegging on the couch. Everybody can find a couple of hours a week um, or four or five hours a month that they can do their part in helping us hold our elected officials accountable, making sure our elected officials know. And, you know, sometimes it's just knowing that people are showing up to city council meetings, that they're watching what's going on. They're watching how you're voting. They're watching how you're interacting with your constituents and um, to keep people honest. And there's there's nothing that will make a, a politician more corrupt than no one there to watch what they're doing. And uh, even the even the best of politicians, if they have no oversight, can fall prey to corruption. So do your part on making sure that our elected leaders know we have interest in the process, interest in where our tax dollars are going, interest in knowing that we're taking care of our poor, we're taking care of our homeless, that we're doing those things in a way that is productive and um, and that we're you know, being wise with the wise with the money that we spend, that we're good stewards of the uh, of the tax dollars that we bring in. So anyway, this uh, is the path forward, Utah. Make sure tomorrow, my good friend, aka Lady Maga and Ryan Woods, will be doing our program. Wednesday is Dr. Marcy on good mental health, which we all need some of. And Thursday is Hot Nacho, a little bit on what's going on with uh, our Latino Utahns. And then Friday is Bob McEntee. Got a great week ahead of us, and hope you all have a wonderful week on the path forward, Utah. Thank you.